episode of X-Files Talk X-Files, the only podcast that spent a weekend in toothless country and now won't stop banging on about chemtrails. (laughs) (laughs) That was a mouthful. (laughs) Hi everybody, I'm David Howard and joining me from X-Files.News I have Avi and Kava. Hello to both of you. Hi guys. Hello. <laughs> so we are going to talk about um, Kitten, which is the latest episode from season 11, but uh, we haven't had Avi on the show since uh, the, the mess that was my struggle free. So <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to ask Avi to just give us a quick kind of recap of season 11 so far from her perspective. And uh, Avi, if you can keep this to less than 20 <laughs> minutes, that would be great. <laughs> But what do you want to like? What do you want to hear I, about? I, well, like, just just what what's been your take? And we can go through it episode by episode if you want, or, or oh, okay, you know, just okay, kind okay. of how uh, do you feel things are shaping up? What's been well, your perspective so far? I think whenever we last talked about this, and and even before when we were talking about the preview and all this stuff, we already knew uh, from looking at the screeners that um, yes, my struggle three was going to be super rough, and then it was. I wouldn't say smooth sailing from then on, but but definitely very good episodes. Uh, in, by comparison, it kind of felt like it. Um, and I think um, not a whole lot has changed in my mind in terms of how I feel about those episodes after my struggle three. So this and plus one and um, the lost iron forehead sweat and ghoulie and, and just now kitten. Um, but what I thought in terms of I don't think that whenever we were talking about the episodes we ever delved too much into what impact my struggle three would have in the outlook of the of the season nor were we anticipating the impact of Jillian leaving the show to be such a strong one um I would say um, it's a little bit disheartening to know that the episodes that are really good and that have actually been better than uh, some episodes on the original run and definitely better than season 10 uh, are getting such low ratings, which I will make an observation about this. It doesn't particularly mean that people are not watching. Um, I think we've had plenty of conversations lately that... You know, the way that ratings are, are measured in this country is very skewed. Um, and they definitely do not measure up for, like, what the new viewership means in terms of, like, people that watch online or people that just basically are off the grid. Uh, but it did definitely 
the the way that people perceive my struggle three regardless of you being a critic or not or people that read the news or not or people that are just quote-unquote normal people um the impact that that first episode had on the rest of the season was pretty much damning and I mean, we've had plenty of conversations where now they're pretty aware of what it costs and they have to live with the consequences of it. Um, so I feel like a lot of it, whether you talk to the people that wrote the episodes or you talk to the producers or something, they now have come to terms to sort of, you know, take the the small favors of, if the, if they get a good review from someone, if they get a good you know reception from the fandom and stuff, it, it means a lot more to them than it than it does for the for the ratings. Especially when you're looking at a season that it's pretty much done and probably a a show that it's pretty much done since you know Jillian already announced that she's leaving. The thing um, with talking about, you know, whether is there a show after the finale of season 11 or not, or, I mean, depending on who you ask and when you ask, it's a different response. Um, we've had a few conversations with people associated with the studio, not, not so much with, or at least the ones that think this way are not on the side of the produ production company, but people from the studio are kind of like not ready to give an, an, an informed answer about it one because it's too soon two because fox is going through a series of movements inside the company since since it merged with disney or not it merged but it got bought um and so the the situation with getting answers to such a show it's kind of hard right now and then uh, depending on who you talk to from the inside of the production company, independent of the week, then you get answers such as like, no, we cannot make this show without Scully. Or, yeah, we can totally make this show like Scully, without Scully. Or, I, don't, I mean, they go and wax philosophical about the time, time, timeliness of announcing that you wouldn't come back to the show at all. So, you know... Uh, I think in terms of of, uh, of a season, yeah, it is a shame that it's getting muddled into so many conversations that are sort of odd, uh, whether, you know, Chris Carter is fit to continue leading the show, whether it was a good decision for Jillian to leave or not, or whether <laughs> David Duchovny is pissed off about it or not. I think at the end of the day, we've had five out of six episodes that have been really good regardless of your sensitivities and and now we have more that are coming that are looking a lot more solid than they than they looked at like at the beginning of this whole season so I don't know that my impression is that everyone is a little bit exhausted from from waiting for the season for like all the road that led to these last two seasons um the fandom is very different the society is really different. We're we're living a show that is living in a in a reality that it's crazier than ever, um, and and we're measuring up a show in Middle America that supports Trump, um, and the show is hidden up front 
um, so many people that just really hate Trump. So, or that, you know, the people that, that you know, are right in the show hate Trump and, and, and then the audience kind of loves Trump. So it's, it's a fight that you can't win. And, and in so many ways, you needed to anticipate that as part of how the reception was going to be. And I don't know that anyone actually really understood what it meant in, in so many aspects of the survival of the show. So I think this is it. I think this is like, yeah, enjoy the rest of the season. If it happens to continue in, you know, in the future, I don't think it's going to happen right away. I don't think it's going to be like we're going to get an announcement for season 12 right away. Um, especially because it, it requires an overhaul of whatever the plan was. So we'll have to wait and see. To go back to the whole thing about Gillian announcing that she's leaving, I mean, I kind of feel that was absolutely the smartest thing for her to do on her part. I mean, especially if her mind was made up mm -hmm. to come out and say it ahead of the show rather than it ending on some kind of cliffhanger and then for her to announce that actually I'm not going to come back. I think people mm -hmm. would have blamed her a lot more or there'd mm -hmm. be a lot more animosity towards her. But yeah. coming out ahead of time, people know that she's done, you know, she's walking away and then it's, you know, whatever happens in my struggle for at least people know that, you know, she'd already said that and she would, you know, she'd already laid that foundation of expectation with everybody. I, so. think, I think it's also too, mm. we're dealing with so many levels of maturity within the audience. So you have people like us that are our, our age group that grew up with the show. Regardless, I'm not going to go into like, oh, you're a true fan or you're not a true fan. You're a fan. Um, and we have a way of, of assimilating this, these pieces of news a lot different than, you know, the younger fandom would um, and the younger generations would. Um, what I've seen a lot online, and this is in a way detrimental to like how you act or anything, um, but it is the way it is. I, I see that a lot of people get bent out of shape and ask in a ver and, and react in a very passionate way about things. And there's a there's a, a motivation for that. I mean, everyone's really invested, and that's amazing. But the truth of the matter is that it's really hard to sometimes not get aggravated by the people that react in in ways of personal attacks to you to the actor or in personal attacks to the producer and i get it that that's the the way that that you know it's the kind of a knee-jerk reaction sort of um but there's just so much more that it's associated to why these decisions happen. So like Jillian has been working for this show for what now, 25, 27, 26 years, uh, whether she was on it for like continuously or not. But the truth of the matter is that she moved on. She has a family. She has, and, and not only a family, a young family, like her kids are, are nine and 11 and kids that need her to be around. And this show is taxing and changing these kids' lives because your mom is working. It's a little bit unfair. And that's something that people need to get to acquaint with. And not only is that's only one of the motivations. The other motivation is that, yeah, I mean, no one told you when you signed up for the show that you this is the one show you get to do for life. I mean, that's a little bit unfair for an actor that it's as skilled and as talented as Jillian 
she has so many other opportunities out there and like claiming that it is your responsibility to be part of the show that's a little bit too overboard and then I think there's a lot to say about the reactions within the production team about her decision um regardless if they were supportive or not regardless of if they knew what to say or not, maybe they have the best of intentions and maybe they did say the best of things whenever they were asked, but a lot has gotten charged worse in the middle of the, of the conversation. And I think it's unfair to, to not understand and to cling on to, um, the, the need that we have for this show to continue as it were, I think it's really funny that we get into these conversations. People are so bad out of shape because of it. When we've had at least a couple episodes where it would be like, we've been like, oh, well, you know, maybe it's time to move on a little bit. Or maybe it's like, okay, I want to remember how it was. So maybe just, just stop producing these episodes that are modifying how it was. Or like, it's, kind of, of a bit of like a back and forth conversation where at the end of the day you know what at some point Chris Carter is gonna have to retire David Connie will have to retire Jillian is already on her on her way out and I think the best that we can do is actually you know to be fair to the one thing that we love is to like let it go I mean I've been a fan for more than half of my life and, and we've had XFN for now going on 11 years. And I, I swear that there are some days that I'm like, are we still doing this thing for the right reasons? Or are we just like holding on because we're stubborn? And at the end of the day, it's just like you said, it's, it's, it's better to go out with a bang, a planned thing, and, and where, you know, everyone is satisfied by what's going to happen at the end. Is this what's going to happen at the end with Exos? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. One, because what we know, we can't disclose. And two, because mm-hmm. when you ask people that, that are actually authorized to say a little bit of something, like Jillian, whenever she was asked if she was happy with the way that, that Scully was portrayed in the finale, she doesn't even know that she's sure she can answer because she's not quite sure yet. And, and when you ask Chris, he says that, you know, well, you should look very carefully at the ending because, you know, it depends on how you interpret it. So, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. (laughs) I would say just, I mean, enjoy the show. I would say I, I'm a person that, you know, has gone above and beyond sacrificing personal stuff and everything for this show. And to the point that, like, fights with my mom and my dad about this and, like, my brothers and everything when we were happening to, like, live in the same house, they were pretty bad because they didn't understand how how invested you are and not only in the show, but, like, in the things associated around it and the responsibility that you create for yourself. I would say right now it's time to start you know, kind of like stretching out and letting it go a little bit. I'm not saying don't love it. I'm saying just start getting ready for maybe not having the show as you know it anymore. If it, if it comes back with 
I don't know, the William story in a couple of years, well, then maybe there is a William story. If it comes back with Einstein and, and Miller, well, then there's an Einstein and Miller story. I mean, as it where David thinks that this is just a frame and not their story. So, I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, the the cash register is going to continue going and, and which, whoever finds a way to continue making money out of this will continue making money out of this. Yeah, and, and if Disney are taking over the show, then I'm sure they will find a way to do that. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that's the best thing for the show at this point is to have a clean break and whether they just completely reboot it or whether they take it off in a different angle. I don't particularly want to see an Exiles with Mulder but no Scully, just as, you know, it didn't make sense when it was Scully but no Mulder. They, you know, it should have just been Doggett and Reyes or just none, you know? Yeah, it, it, right it, now, it right, never yeah. made sense. Right now we're... we're so there were a lot of people that were kind of like having this very same discussion. Like how come we are, or at least it seems like we are a lot more angry this time around whenever Scully is leaving than whenever David was leaving. I think one of the things that happened back then is that no one ever said the show was done because David was leaving. Yeah. Um, they, they knew right away that we're trying to figure out a way to continue. Um, um, but also, why does it feel so much more final now that, that Jillian is leaving? Is that we have gone through the process of destroying other characters that would have given, um, you know, continuation to the show. So no, we no longer have Reyes. That's that's just a, the way that we we had a storyline with her and we had a storyline with Doggett. It just doesn't exist as it were. So that continuation is not happening. We don't have a we don't have a thread to go from there and then the other thing is that the attempt to bring in Miller and and Einstein when they were characters that were on their own way yeah quirky and whatever but very unlikable then that would work um, if you think about bringing in a show with only William the sense of what William is to the fandom or to the audience, um, if you want to cash in into that already established audience, it's a little bit different because, yeah, okay, it was kind of like, you know, up for grabs, whatever it is that you want to build on this character that no one has really seen. But at the same time, there were so many established canons throughout the years with this character that even if you liked or did not like the portrayal of William and Gooley, um, there's a strong sense of continuation of what this character means, which can go either way. You can either do it very well, bring in a William story and like actually, you know, build into that. We have to keep your ear to the ground and actually know how to develop this storyline that is actually really delicate for so many people. If you were to just follow through with, you know, William and, and, and Mulder and try to figure out, I don't know, how do you justify a show without Scully? How do you not make it a grievance between whatever her not being in the show or not being in the story at all? What does that mean? Does she die? Does she not die? Does she decide all of a sudden that she's going to abandon Mulder and make even less sense? Like, it's not it's not an easy position to be in. And I, I get it, like, what, even within their own 
quarters are pretty pissed off because obviously if everyone is feeling very confident about these episodes that they liked and they think they finally got their groove on and now she wants to leave, I get it why they're pissed off. But at the same time, she also had to go through a lot of other stuff to be able to be there and no one really fought the wars with her. I mean, I didn't see anyone... I didn't see David going to Fox and saying, you know what, I'm not going to be in the show because you're mistreating her. Or I didn't see, you know, Chris doing that either. And, you know, it's pretty exhausting when you feel like you're kind of like on your own, trying to figure out what the rest of the people are kind of like, okay, with their own things. So, you know, it is what it is. Just like Chris said, it is business. So it is also business for her. If it doesn't work out for her, then she doesn't need to continue. I sort of feel like there was, and, and maybe this is just myself projecting, but I just kind of feel like there was a bit of a misunderstanding as to what exactly the fandom was looking for when we were pushing for, you know, either a third film or this revival all those years. And there was just a sense that the story needed closure. There were so many loose ends mm-hmm. hanging. And I don't think any of us, I mean, I back when they they even proposed the six episode revival, I sort of assumed it was going to be, you know, just a six episode myth arc kind of thing. They were Mm going to tie everything up and that was going to be it. And then Mm -hmm. when it started coming out, it's like, Oh no, it's just two mythology and four monster of the week. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then to leave it on this cliffhanger, how open-ended as it was, I was like, well, yeah, okay. We do need season 11 because we need to tie this up. We need some closure. And for me personally, I have zero interest in a, in an X-Files without, scully you know Mulder and somebody else like it just doesn't make any sense and i to me the x-files is not a frame i mean i liked season mm-hmm. nine but i have no desire to go through that again i don't want disney to reboot it i don't like no let's just get and even, getting's good yeah. and call it a day and even so season nine was not a frame it was still developing the williams story it was still developing the search for Mulder. it was like there was so much mm-hmm. still happening um, to say that, I mean, to each their own and their own opinions, but to say that it was a little bit out of touch with what the show is. I mean, sometimes right. it's kind of like hit or miss with whatever individual actors have an opinion about what the show is, but that was really out of touch. I mean, you can't say that that the excess is just a frame when people are invested in the characters. People are not cutting their heads and, like, making tattoos and creating charitable organizations and dedicating their lives on aliens nor conspiracies they are dedicating their lives on like the scully effect and the search for the truth Mm -hmm. just like Mulder did it and being brave and sticking to each other and all that stuff at the end of the day it's a human factor that drives everyone not (laughs) the rest of the show the rest of the show doesn't even have a continuous thread of story to even claim that so, yeah, M- you know, money-wise, you could go and say that. Audience-wise, I don't think you can afford that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Scully was really our way into the show. I mean, she was the first person, you know, we saw as she's walking into the Hoover building, the mm-hmm. pilot. And it was her sense of, of, you know, science and of reality that really grounds the show and makes it plausible. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just Mulder chasing after monsters in the dark where's the where's the grounding there where does it you know because we i feel like we sort of watched all of this unfold through her eyes and her trying to make sense of the of the fantastic and to do that without 
her, I mean, and, and of course she's, she's evolved over the years and, and she's not as skeptical as she once was, but you know, at, at the end of the day, that's what makes the, you know, grounds the show in a bit of realism. And without that, I'm, I'm just not sure where you, yeah, even if, go gonna, there. Either, yeah even if you're going to, yeah, even if you're going to, even if you're going to talk about it from the story point, the X-Files, like if you were to just like be inside the story and try to tell what happened whenever Scully joined Mulder. Yeah, he was locked into that basement and kind of like having fights on his own and not quite being successful, quote unquote, on it. And once that Scully came came around, then his life changed and it moved forward. So claiming that you can continue without, I don't know, that you're even like in the same... (laughs) in the same room having the same conversation with me when he's playing something like that. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, go back to what Kava said about Scully being the main character. I mean, that's kind of how I've always seen the show. I mean, certainly, you know, in the latter seasons, and I'm talking about like season six onwards sort of thing, you know, that's kind of with the point where I think I realized probably after the, the Redux storyline mm-hmm. is that yeah. you know, this whole show has been scully's journey you know and it's you know being her sort of reconciling those two major forces in her life which is the religion and the science you know and mm-hmm. you know Mulder is the one who had the i want to believe poster but he always believed in aliens he believed what he wanted to believe and you know he you know credit to him he got out then he found evidence that that was correct but you know scully's the one that has the much more intangible sort of faith system and it's you know it's been her journey really trying to reconcile those two things and even though i want to believe the movie gets a ton of flack i mean to me that was kind of like the crystallization of the theme that's run throughout the show and that was the thematic end to the Mm x-files you know that was Mm -hmm. the logical conclusion for that so we've done that we've tied up the theme now we need to just tie up the story and Mm -hmm. and put it to bed and yep it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to be a tidy bow on a gift. It's it's going to be a mess. No. So uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, we're not the only people who are saying this. We're not the only people who are thinking this. I think that this two-week break is coming at a good point. We've come To off, analyze, yeah. Yeah, we, we've come off two really good episodes. Let's take two breaks. Let's watch some people slide about on ice for a bit. And um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the next three episodes will be great. And... Uh, then we can just drink a lot um, on the evening of 21st March. <laughs> <laughs> hey, were you looking at my calendar? Because that may no, be so out. I, I just have to scroll up IMDb to see. <laughs> <laughs> my struggle for, oh God, that's going to be a long, interesting podcast. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to I'm going to use that as a segue to start talking about Kitten, um, because we were talking before we started recording that, you know, when we have those episodes that are really bad and we want to rant about, it is so easy to fill an hour of a podcast just bitching about it, um, which is probably why <laughs> the last start of Forehead Sweat was it just went by in a breeze. <laughs> you know, we spoke so much about it last week. Ghoulie, uh, we all loved, but. It, it was hard to really, you know, find that much to say about it. And I'm having the same problem with Kitten. It's it's a good episode. I'm not going to say it's a great episode, um, but it, it's certainly not a bad episode. I mean, I was kind of thinking the best way to describe it for me would be kind of like a Clint Eastwood film. It does the job 
you know, it does the, you know, you can't fault the job at all, but at the end of the day, it's not something that you are going to rant and rave about. Um, so I'll come back to my thoughts on it in a little bit, but Kava, do you, do you want to kick this one off? What were your thoughts on Kitten? I really liked it. And I think to me of all the, the revival episodes that we've gotten, it, it felt the most like a classic X-File through, I mean, the, through the story building. I mean, there was this case and they're all trying to, trying to solve it, but also just through the look of it as well. I mean, the color palette to me lost some of that because most of these newer episodes kind of have that shiny digital look to it for lack of a more informed term. Um, but just the kind of the greens and the blues of it really sort of drew you right back into those woods in Vancouver. Um, and, I, and I just, I love the look of it, but you know, and I, I did see a little bit of complaining online. It's like, well, why do we need a Skinner story? And I'm like, I thought this was wonderful. I mean, it was, we've been in this kind of tense world with him since the, the new season started and not, you know, kind of going back to that, well, you know, which side is his alliance on? Um, so I think it was nice to just get a better picture of the man himself and kind of understand what exactly he might be, you know, wrestling with as far as his potential alliance with the CSM or not, or how he's working all that information he's getting. Um, and, and to better understand his his motivations as a character, I thought this was a, a, a great chance to be able to do that. And, you know, aside from that, it was just scary as hell at points too. You know, it starts off kind of slowly and then just gets creepier and creepier to the point where when those traps are falling, I was jumping out of my seat as we were watching the screener. So, you know, and I feel like it's been a while since I've been truly scared by an episode too, not just like grossed out because the trash man in Home Again was pretty awful, but that to me was just gory in a way and not straight up scary. So I really appreciated that about this episode. Yeah, I know what you mean about the kind of the, the aesthetic of it. Um, that opening teaser especially, you know, it's so grainy. It looked mm -hmm. like old vintage X-Files. And, you know, I think the director, Carol Banker, she did a great job. This is probably the best war scene that we've had on the X-Files. Not that we've had a ton, um, but it, it felt good. She's, you know, I assume that there was some stock footage in there, but it all meshed together really well. It looked really, really good. Um, yeah, it, it definitely did have the kind of feel of a classic X-File. It you know, pre-moved to L.A., you know, the first five seasons mm -hmm. of the show. It, it felt like that. It was good. Um, Avi, I'll let you have your say in a minute. I'm just going to go back <laughs> to the, the whole thing of do we need a Skinner episode? When we hear mm -hmm. that this was going to be a Skinner episode, I, I, you know, I thought that was great. I mean, that's what the show always did. You know, most of the time it was Mulder and Scully and some sort of monster of the week. But occasionally we'd go to these other side characters like the Lone Gunman or Skinner and Zero Sum is still a great episode for me. Mm -hmm. um, Avatar is really good too. SR819, not the best, but, you know, it's it's still good. And so I was kind of happy that we had a Skinner episode here, especially since he didn't get a whole lot to do in season 10 or even mm -hmm. season 11 so far. But then they said that it was going to be dealing with Skinner's time in Vietnam. <laughs> and it was the whole, you know, do you need a young Han Solo movie, really? Um, <laughs> and the, the speech that he gives in one breath where he talks about his experience in Vietnam is just, just one of the highlights of the entire series for me. And so I was really kind of nervous about how they were going to treat 
that aspect of it. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to like this, but I, I was nervous going in. Um, especially, you know, when you have another actor playing Mitch Pileggi, younger and with hair. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's awkward, you know, and I still don't think that we needed to see that moment that he talks about in one breath. But overall, I think they did mm-hmm. a great job. You know, I, I was kind of nervous that they're going to take some part of Skinner's history and make it into a monster of the week that, you know, he's just conveniently forgotten about or not mentioned until this point in the show's history. But it worked well, it, it, you know, tied in the with the conspiracy side of things. You know, we had the whole idea of the monster running out in the woods, but it, it was never like a classic um, paranormal X Filesy thing. It was it was just a great story. It fit into the X Files world, even though it didn't have that. And I think they did a great job of, you know, showing us a bit more about Skinner, maybe about why he is loyal to Mulder and Scully. You know, with them. Uh, questioning the powers in the government because he's kind of got a little bit of experience with that. So overall, I thought, you know, uh, Gabriel did a really good job of diving into Skinner's backstory a little bit. And this could have been an absolute mess for all those reasons that I've just outlined, but it it worked. It it absolutely worked. And um, after last week's episode, Ghoulie, which hands down the best one of season 11 so far, I'm going to put this in the number two slot for me. And we got Kirsch in it too. Which was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah Avi, just... Avi, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a little bit biased because, um, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm biased, but I think I am. I, uh, in in the way that one Skinner and Mitch have always been one of my favorite characters, and I always wanted the Skinner episode. Regardless of if I knew that I was going to get it or not, I always knew that there was a lot of storylines there that hadn't been exploited and that would be interested to to look into. Uh, and yeah, certainly there was the choice, just like you said, to, well, what kind of Skinner story do we get to tell? Do we get to tell the current one where we, ad- we advance whatever it is that he's doing with uh, the smoking man? Or do we get to talk about his past and then build on from there? Because we don't really know what's gonna, what we're going to learn about Skinner in the upcoming episodes. Um, I mean, I think that production-wise, the episode was kind of like a nice thing to happen. One, because it was written by Gabe, who has been part of the 1013 family forever and has been waiting for this opportunity for long and and back in like back last year when we were having all these discussions about like oh well we haven't had women writing episodes or women directing episodes and all this stuff and 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 the conversation was like how unfair it is that all of them are being written by white men and all this stuff and i was like it's not as black and white. There's people that have been waiting 17 years and that are finally going to get this this opportunity. Um, and this was one. And it was funny about how it came to be because last year, Gabe ha- would have had the opportunity to have one of the episodes of season 10. And, and it didn't happen because they couldn't get a seventh episode approved. And then... Then this was a, the second opportunity to to have it done, not only because 
you know, he was kind of owed the opportunity because of all the hard work that he been, he's been doing done 13 all these years. But also because it came as a dare between Mitch, Chris, and him, where, you know, Mitch was kind of curious about why he hadn't gotten more of a, you know, more meat within this the storyline of the X-Files than the episodes that you mentioned. And then it became... Well, what kind of story do we want to talk about? Do we want to do we want to advance the story in terms of you know what's happening right now in season eleven, or do we want to award the fans that have been fans of Skinner for so long in revisiting those moments and trying to figure out why this man is the way that it is, and then lay the groundwork to justify why certain decisions happen the way that they happen? And I think in that regard, I think they 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 did a nice thing. I think that um, even though the original script was a little bit different and it had a little bit more Mulder and Scully, I think the right decision was to keep that balance between, you know, them still hunting for him and trying to figure out what he's been up to and him trying to rediscover, like, what's happened with his friend and revisiting those feelings of guilt and sort of like the choices that it's, he's made throughout the way. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not the best episode. Um, it definitely had moments where I, I even commented to Kava, oh, I wish there was, was either one more scene with Skinner or one more scene with Mulder and Scully so that I could like take aside from the point of view storytelling of who is who is telling the story or about whom because it, it was kind of like dancing that line for a while it was yeah mm-hmm. and then the other thing that i feel is that because the episode was set up to be something like bad blood in the way that they were trying to play a little bit with that um countryman humor then and then they made the choice which i think it was the correct one to try to sober down a little bit more those scenes because it was taken away from the actual drama that was happening with the Skinner storyline. Then, because it wasn't planned that way from the beginning, it kind of, you know, didn't settle. Like, the the, the scenes between Mulder and Scully, well, they're kind of, like, somewhat humoristic in a way or somewhat candid in a way. They're not... They're not you know, solid enough for me to say, are they, are they intending to be this way or are they just phoning it in? Like what's going on right now? That was my biggest criticism about this, about this episode, because I couldn't be more pleased from, you know, from Mitch Pelegi's delivery and, and the way that he tackled this episode. And he was so involved in the, in the creative about this episode. And also, you know, Haley Joe Osman, who no one would have thought that he had it in him to be this kind of character. I mean, we've seen other characters that he's played along the years that have nothing to do with this. And it, this is really, I think, if there's there was a second winner in this episode, it was him because now he's got now to show for himself that he can go here. And well, he played two characters in this episode yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and one that actually has a particular development because he starts out as like this super sweet kid 
and then becomes this monster and then he's the son of a deranged person and that has a lot of layers if anything i think um where where i could like i wasn't here for the conversation about ghoulie but like one of my biggest criticisms in ghoulie is that when you have jillian and david play against um miles it just you know you can see the the distance of range between these two powerhouses and someone that is not as invested nor as developed nor you know given enough opportunity to kind of like figure it out and be more tangible as opposed to right now if you have Haley play against Jillian and David and Mitch and I didn't feel like this was a visitor in this in this world I felt that he belonged in this world mm-hmm. so that's uh, for me, that's a great accomplishment. And and I think, you know, story-wise, the whole scene with, between Mulder and Scully and the way that it was played and the choices that they make, um, story-wise and, and storytelling-wise, um, I think they were the correct ones. I believe that this is the, the real reason why, why Skinner does the things that he does. And it's interesting to see how he will actually either confirm or deny that he was telling the truth in that in that conversation because just like I told Gabe, it's at the end of the day it's a thing of choice whether Mulder and Scully decide to believe Skinner or not and actually taking a leap of faith um, and I contain one at that into whether they still think that he's an ally and believe on that the sacrifices that he's made are actually for them and not, at, you know, some kind of other objective. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think it sets the, it sets the scenario pretty nicely to, you know, try to like figure out what's going to come now in, in followers or in the, in the rest of the episodes that are coming. So, um, and in that regard, I wish I could talk more about the finale. But, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I liked it a lot. I I don't know. I don't know if after this episode, with what I know it's coming, and now, and, and then seeing how they set it up, then my opinion will change. But I, as for what we have right now, as for what we've seen finalized right now, I'm pretty satisfied. That was enigmatic. <laughs> <laughs> we could tell you, but we'd have to kill you, so. There's no way that one. Yeah, um, it, you know, it was a good episode. I think that you know, this is one I, I could see me going back to rewatching again because it, it did just feel like a solid episode there's nothing to really dislike about it apart from the whole uh chemtrails thing at the very end which is going back to my struggle one so it's like why are we why are we doing this again um it would have been fine if it had just kind of ended on that shot of the plane going over i know the orchard or whatever it was i've seen a couple of people online that have been like why have the speech at all we could have done the math and that's actually i can agree to that I can agree yeah, to you that yeah. we're 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 smart enough to like make that leap, and that's fine, and make our argument. Uh, I will say though, 
uh, from a little bit of inside info. That speech at the end is actually an accident of sorts. Uh, there was a lot more to that ending. There was a lot longer that they could make it work for terms of time. And it was a lot more um, guns out political about what's happening with um, the vets and and the and the whole chemical manipulation that some people uh, you know stand by that is happening. Um, but yeah, well, I don't that, know. I mean, that's implicit throughout anyway, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. I feel like that if there's a weak spot um, to it in terms of you know that is more blatant that is something that i would have really wanted to change it would have been that i would have taken that out though i would see i can see where they were still trying to find a middle ground into what they really intended from the beginning and what they wanted to allow um and i can see where they were actually right because then i get to sit through more than a few reviews where younger people are the ones watching the episode. And I don't, I mean, there's some that actually got it and people that have taken the time to like actually reflect and, and philosophize about, about current matters and what they were talking about in the, in the episode. Well, there were other people that don't even know what Vietnam was, nor do they care, nor do they understand what it implies, what everything that they did in that, in that war and they continue to do afterwards. And, and, and that's really disheartening, to be quite honest, because I feel now that, you know, if we don't, and, and I can understand where, where Chris gets a penchant and like trying to repeat and repeat and, and not stray away from this narrative and, and, and embracing the compounding instead of walking away, I can see the point because we have newer generations that have absolutely no idea of how we've landed where we are today. And that's really frightening. <laughs> it is really, really frightening. It's, you know, like Gen Z and millennials and all that stuff, conversation outside and like puns and, and mockery about it and how we think they're, you know, they, their priorities are different. You know, all that kind of meme and gif society that we live in, conversations aside, I think the, the most worrisome part of it is that there's an important part of that generation that don't care and 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 i think we should be more worried about that than we are well i feel old i get everything too, <laughs> i get everything that you're saying there i think you know this episode for me it, you know like you said, there's things that are kind of in the half shadows there that you can kind of think about and philosophize about. And this episode did it good. It did it the way that the X-Files has traditionally done it. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if that's the choice versus forehead sweat where you have the alien literary coming out and quoting Trump, <laughs> I will take this every <laughs> single time, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, the, mm -hmm. I mean, the other way that he could have, Darren Morgan could have gone with that would to be that uh, the aliens aren't going to come because it, Earth is actually flat or something, you know. <laughs> so, oh God. Uh, this this to me is excellent. This is you know this is the tone of the show. This is you know stylistically everything, and you know I, I get 
the stuff that you're saying there is that's a, a it's an interesting conversation to have interesting ideas and you know how much do you generalize then with people because uh, the, the one thing that i've noticed since i moved over to the states is that it's always you know the loudest and usually the minority but because they're so loud they're the ones that get their voices heard and it's gotten worse with the rise of social media and twitter in particular that you know can you generalize what a group of people think or believe based on these loud these loud voices i mean you can't you can't generalize at all and i agree with you that there's a lot more people that will have you know a criteria and that are not dumb and that are you know that are definitely out there and aware of what their surroundings are. The problem with this is that there's a mass mentality where if you don't agree with the loudest voice, then you're kind of not cool. Oh, absolutely. And and that's my 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 the thing that makes me cringe is that you know these are influencers, quote unquote, and then we live in the society of the influencers where like oh I should be cool like this person I should think like this person, and and then if you try to explain it then you're boring, or you're old, or oh that's you're being paranoid, <laughs> which is uh, laughable being that we're all fans of the show, um, so you know. It's it's a very strange moment that we're in right now because depending on the day, depending on, on the hour on Twitter, you either get the people that, oh yeah, I'm completely aware of what Trump is doing and how all these things are being undone. And then the next moment you're like, yeah, you know what, I don't, really, I don't really care because it doesn't affect my immediate reality. And and that's, I, I don't mean, I it's it's so long of a conversation. It's just like that. <laughs> Well, and I mean, we even sort of see Skinner wrestling with speaking up. And I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a, a big theme of this episode, too, is that he had the opportunity to say something and was forbidden. He followed orders and he's regretted that his entire life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's used some of that to, to defend Mulder and Scully. But, you know, he says that now, as we look back kind of over his history, he did some, you know, not so good things that got in their way at points too. So, you know, you just sort of wonder, um, you know, I appreciate the lesson that they're, they're trying to teach there that it's like, you know, if you're given the opportunity to say something, do it because you're going to mm-hmm. regret it. Um, and I, I do wonder what Skinner's way forward is with all of this. You know, he says, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to kiss the ring, um, but I'm going to do right by this man. Well, I, I, I really wonder what that looks like, you know, for mm-hmm. him, what that, what that fight looks like if he's going to, you know, continue to do it in smaller ways by supporting Mulder and Scully with whatever it is that they're trying to do, or if he's, you know, literally going to take action to have this man's de- death investigated and to try and put a stop to this this NK Naomi project that looks like yeah. it's it's still going on. Um, and and that sort of touched back into what was it? Was that blood in season two where they were there was some sort of pesticide that was being sprayed that was making people go crazy, you know, so we did, that is kind of a through line of, of that, that theme as well. Um, so I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where, where Skinner goes from here. And, 
you know, he, he says he's on their side, but is, is he, is he really, you know, is he, is he sort of working as a double agent with the CSM? You know, we don't know yet. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it also, like, I mean, no, I don't really know if you want to put this on the, like, on, on the, but like, it's also like, I kind of feel like on the, on the interview with, with Mitch, he kind of like let it go a little bit of like, whatever is coming. Cause he was like, well, you know, the reason why he does all the things that he does is like, okay, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. And that's what he's trying to do. Um, obviously, we don't get to see this yet because we don't get to see the inside, the inner works of his brain of like, why is he siding with CSM? Um, but, but that's the thing is like, if there's anything to to their fault if that's where you're leaning with this character then let me see a little bit of that let me see that back and forth that i am actually infiltrating and not quite agreeing with this person um but yeah i see i think that's what needs to happen from from here on is that we actually get to see um the the actual point of having him go through all of this so we'll see yep and that's i mean because they they've pretty heavily you know that that was the big implication from the the first promo that we saw in october on out was you know well, what skinner up to can we still trust him um you know and this seems to have like you know no he's definitely on your side well why is that and like you know like avi said if they were trying to make it a little more trying to make you wonder a little more whose side he's really on they haven't especially done a good job of implying that that maybe he's you know so they're, they're gonna have to do some groundwork on that on the way forward to really kind of you know like she said to really show us what exactly it is he's been he's been up to whether we get to see that or not who knows but <laughs> all right well we'll find out i guess <laughs> yep whether we want to or not <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, um, th- this seems like a probably a good place to wrap this one up. Um, Exos obviously is taking a two-week break because of the Winter Olympics. So, um, episode seven, we don't have an official title for yet. Can you well, confirm or deny? We do, but we don't. I mean, I guess <laughs> we could say that it is a a, a range of. Uh, code that at the end of the day just translates into followers mm-hmm. um, and um, by what we had already anticipated from like hearing Glenn talking about it is a, an episode that is supposed to be most of it on si- in silence um, and there's a reason to it um, that is obviously part of the plot um, but yeah we'll have We'll have a lot, all the plot lines and all these um, things pretty soon, as soon as <laughs> Fox okay. decides that they want to share. That sounds but, really cool, though. So yeah, yeah. Well, the promo for that one's banging, so I'm excited. <laughs> so that's written by Kristen Cloak and Shannon Hamblin, mm-hmm. and directed mm-hmm. by yep. Glenn Morgan. Okay. Yep. 28th of February, it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we will be back. The podcast will be back then the Monday following that episode. Mm-hmm. So, fingers crossed that that's a good one. 
Um, if you yep. don't particularly like um, watching people slide about on ice and you want some more <laughs> X-Files podcast in your life uh, between now and then, uh, well, you, you're in luck because we actually recorded a bonus episode <laughs> a little while ago <laughs> talking about the alternative timeline of X-Files, which is the Audible series uh, with David and Gillian and uh, Cigarette Smoking Man, of course, because, you know, he doesn't die ever in any timeline. <laughs> If you want to listen to that, um, please do. Uh, we invite you to come make a small donation to support the show. It's just $5 and we will give you that bonus episode so you can listen to it uh, before the show comes back. Just go to xfilestalkxfiles.com and you'll see a link at the top of the page there for the bonus episode. Or if you are uh, listening to this on iTunes or some other app, uh, just go to the show notes and there'll be a direct link in there for you as well. That is it for this week. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Thank you, Kava. Thank you, Avi. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. We will be back in two weeks. Uh, so take care, everybody. And uh, just as a, uh, a warning out there that if you do ingest nanobots, it can result in moderate to severe constipation. I did, I think I probably would